and we are back with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Pavona, joined alongside Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino. And guys, an absolute berserk weekend in the National Football League. Some crazy trades happened, and a couple of stunning upsets we had as well. Some big shakeups in the NFL standings right now. But the NFL just continues to be a crazy season of chaos. Uh, NFL's gotten a little bit more stable over the last couple of weeks, but it's still pretty ca- crazy on a week-to-week basis because you don't, you just can't predict who's going to win now. I think that's kind of fair to say, but even though we, when we have some stability, like we know which bad teams there are, but even some good teams are starting to kind of surprise us now because they're losing some games now. Yeah, I don't get it. it it's just, uh, I would just say in football in general this year, obviously college has been strange. The NFL Nothing's been down been, the middle so far. Yeah, it's been like crazy how weird and inconsistent everything's been this year. Yeah. I mean, like I said, some crazy, you know, results we had this past weekend. But let's get into the NFL trade deadline that happened this past Tuesday. And we had some um, really, really big time trades. And usually when we come down to the NFL trade deadline, not much, you know, traction goes into these days. We don't really see many moves being made. But after the offseason that we had this past year in which so many big-time moves were being made, and then by far a crazy season that we've already have had, we had some big-time trades going down in this past NFL trade deadline. And it all started off realistically with this TJ Hawkinson to the, the Minnesota Vikings trade. He goes in, stays in division, going from the Lions to the Vikings. Second time in the past couple of months that the Vikings and Lions have made a big time trade with each other. Obviously, they had that trade in the NFL draft where Jamison Williams was able to go to the Lions thanks to a trade with the Vikings. But TJ Hawkinson now goes to Minnesota and now tries to help them make a playoff push as they are trying to compete now for a championship. Yeah, that was a huge addition, honestly. I felt like that something that team was missing was a world class tight end. I wouldn't say world class. Well, uh, after the Irv Smith injury, they needed a tight end. Yeah, I mean he's a very good tight end. Um, it's huge. It gives Kirk that extra option now. When you can get a top five tight end in the NFL, yeah, you, yeah, you can't beat that. Hundred percent. It's it, it's it definitely a really good trade. Yeah, I mean. And it, and it didn't really cost the Vikings too much at the end of the day. They gave up a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. And to top it off, they not only get Hawkinson, they get a third, a fourth-round pick in this draft and a fourth-round conditional pick. So they also got draft picks with Hawkinson. They're most likely going to give him a contract extension as well. So this is a weird trade for the Lions because they trade one of their best players in division, and now they're probably going to be seeing him for the next couple of seasons, and he's probably going to hurt them and want to get some kind of revenge on the team for trading him. But the Lions are in a rebuilding phase right now, so they need to get this deal done. And Hawkinson, like I said, helps the Vikings now get an opportunity to try to push for a Super Bowl push this season. Yeah, they pretty much got TJ Hawkinson for a box of Crocker Jacks and some, uh, and some pocket lint. It, it's, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing in Detroit, but you could have gotten a lot more value out of a talent like TJ Hawkinson. Could you? I mean, look at what Nick tight end market got. is. Tight end market's very tough. I, you can't say that when you look at what McCaffrey got. Like, 
I think the Lions got a good value for it. It was yeah, just I mean, weird. It was, no, the weird part of it is just who they traded it to. Oh, 100%. But, like, at the same time, I think the uh, the Lions are looking at it as, are the Vikings really going to be that solid two and three years from now? I don't know. I mean, the Vikings won't care if they win a Super Bowl. That's all that matters. Oh, 100%. But, you know, I think the Lions know that they're two or three years at minimum out of being. No. Lions are going to be tank- are gonna be rebuilding for a little bit. They're in a bad spot. They have one of the worst defenses of the NFL. They need a quarterback. And they're, you I'd know. I'd say they're two or three years out from starting to be competitive. Uh, I don't know about that. I think there's so many glaring. There's a lot of glaring needs. I mean, sure, but the talent right now is not producing. Guys like Jeff Okuda, they who they've drafted, have not really developed to what they've been wanting him to develop. Ian Hutchinson has been on and off this season for them. Jamison Williams hasn't even played a single down this season, so they're still waiting on him to come back. I mean, Amarosi Brown has been good for them, but he hasn't really been himself the last couple of weeks. He's had some injury. He's had some injury issues. Same thing with DeAndre Swift. So there's still stuff, some things to go, you know, right for Detroit. But the, I don't know if two, three years is really, you know, the the time to, for where they could be competing. But again, so like, really depends on who they get in the NFL with. draft, a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, oh, uh, it's not even that for me. Uh, I think quarterbacks actually. I no, Jared Goff. Jared Goff sucks. Go- Goff's a okay. Jared Goff, I would say he is okay. He is not yeah, like, a great quarterback, but he's definitely not lived up to his draft potential. No, you, you, you would, it would be, they would be would, foolish to not get a quarterback in this draft. I would say Jared Goff would be a premium backup in this league. My theory is, he could definitely be a starter in this league. My theory is, they take a quarterback with right now the number that I. They're going to be taking a quarterback no matter what because they're going to be picking top five. You take a quarterback and you rest him for a season because you can still start golf for one more year and have him rested at least. But, uh, in my opinion, I, I don't, I don't like that. But I mean, it worked out for the Chiefs. You're talking about Mahomes was doing stuff that nobody. But you didn't. But Mahomes, we never knew Mahomes was going to do that. He had to. We had to literally wait a full season. No, you're a hundred percent right. But at the same time. Mahomes is a freak. And Mahomes I know, also went, what, 10th? Yeah. If, with the way the Lions are, they'll be in the top five. You you can't take a top five quarterback and not start him. I could very much well see it. I mean, listen, they, they could just start him day one and have golf as a backup, but it'd be a very expensive backup. I mean, look, I, I think golf's a, a decent quarterback. Listen, I don't think. All I'm going to say is there's a reason why people call him Jared Goofball. He's not good. Look, I'd take him over some, uh, definitely a handful of quarterbacks in this league. Uh, uh, all right, anyway, I don't know about that, but we'll, we'll get into some more trades that happened this past week. And Pittsburgh Steelers were very active in this trade deadline. You know, they were making deals for themselves and also trading some assets away. And if you want to call it an asset for them, trading away Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears. And they get a second round pick in this deal from Chicago. This is a big time win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people thought that they were going to get at best a third round pick for a guy like Chase Claypool, who has definitely had his struggles since being drafted by the Steelers. 
But they ship him off to Chicago. They get a second-round pick in this upcoming NFL draft. So a big win for the Steelers. And then they were also able to get William Jackson from the Washington uh, Commanders. They were able to get him and a seventh-round pick in 2025. And they only cost him a sixth-round pick. And it helps them because their secondary has been very bad this season and has been very injured. So definitely some good moves for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's a season that has been really chalked for them since realistically week one. And for a team like Chicago, it gives Justin Fields another, you know, finally a weapon to throw it to. He's really only had Darnell Mooney to throw it to most of this season. Now he gets Chase Claypool. Hopefully that, you know, that potential that we've been looking for for Chase Claypool shows out at Soldier Field for the Bears. But it's realistically a win-win at the end of the day for both of these teams. Yeah, definitely a win-win. Uh, Steelers obviously get the capital, and Justin Fields gets a weapon because everyone knows God. Chicago receivers have been god off of the last couple of years, and Chase Claypool, even though he's not, I guess, your traditional wide receiver one, he's definitely going to be far above more talented than any other receiver currently on that roster. Oh, um, I wouldn't say far above. I mean, that's a bit harsh. Who, no. Okay, who would be who? Who is Chicago's best receiver? Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney. I, I think. Uh, no offense to Darnell Mooney, I think Chase Claypool is a lot better than him. I wouldn't say a lot. I think I can't even tell you. I, they're, they're, they're so they're, they're both weird. Average. I think they're both the same. Like I really don't. They're different types of receivers. Uh, well, we know at the end of the day that this is not a move it's to a get at number move. one. It's a good move to help the oh, Bears. Yeah. They still need a number one because those guys are not realistically number one no. wide receivers. But from what we've seen from Justin Fields, and we'll get into a little bit later on the show, from what we've been seeing from Justin Fields, he's starting to get he's starting to get a nice wave of momentum going right now. And this could really help him down the line the season as they try to, you know, see what they have in him because there were questions on if maybe the Bears should take another quarterback and just hit the reset button. But Fields has looked a lot better these last couple of weeks, and a guy like Claypool could potentially help him get even more better than what he currently is at right now. Yeah, going to be interesting to see how he does. Also, want to talk about the Steelers. William Jackson the second going to the Steelers. I want to kind of sum up a couple of these. Bradley Chubb going to the Dolphins. Chase Edmonds to Denver. Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins. Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. That's really ironic. And Naheem yeah. Hines to Buffalo. Out of these moves, which of these stand out the most to you? Um, well, the Bradley Chubb one for this season definitely stands out the most. Um, I think Calvin Ridley down the line is going to be a really good addition to that Jags team. But Bradley Chubb for the for this season definitely is uh, the yeah, biggest move. I think this is going to sound strange, but I'm going to agree with you here. I think Bradley Chubb for the season is definitely the uh, the biggest addition here. I don't think Naheem Hines in Buffalo moves the needle that much. I don't think Jeff no. Wilson moves the needle. Chase Edmonds to Denver. That's just a desperate team. Uh, but I think for the season, yes, I want to say Bradley Chubb is probably the biggest impact, especially locking him up on that in that contract. I believe it was five years, Nick. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. the Dolphins are going to have him for a minute. But I, I want to say Calvin Ridley next year on the Jags, him and Trevor Lawrence are going to be something special. I'm, I'm excited to say that. I mean, you just gotta hope he doesn't place another parlay on uh, on a game. And it wasn't even like okay. I want to say this. It's not even like he was betting against himself. 
He no. was betting that his team was going to win. Yeah, guess and guess what the irony is? He was betting on the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, that's the irony, and I kind of love how the NFL has come full circle. So uh, script writers, that is some real long-term booking right there, and I appreciate the payoff. Now, remember, Johnson, coming into this trade for Calvin Ridley, there's a lot of you know stuff that you have to break down in this trade. Right now, you get a, they get a 2023 fifth-round pick. It's conditional based on his reinstatement in the NFL. If he comes back this season, it can move up. He also, you also get a 2024 fourth round pick that's also conditional based on him making the team. And then it's going to go down to if he gets an extension, he gets, they get a second round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. So this could turn out to be a great trade for Atlanta as well. Because, I mean, right now they're four and five. They're tied for first place in the NFC South and they've done it without Calvin Ridley this season. So to be able to get more draft capital can really help this team. They've made some good trades the past couple of seasons, you know, getting rid of Julio Jones and Matt Ryan have paid off for them because let's face facts, they have not looked like themselves ever since they left Atlanta. So Atlanta has done some really good moves at the end of the day. They're hoping they can get another big time move with this one. It was kind of a head scratching move for the Jaguars in a sense because you realistically said, all right, this is not a move for this season. This is obviously the move for next year. So we'll have to see how what happens with this move going into next season. Uh, but I think you're both right. I think, it definitely can help Trevor Lawrence at the end of the day next season because you're trying to find out if Trevor Lawrence is that guy. He's been up and down this season, so you really need to see some more development out of him. But you guys hit the nail on the coffin. The Bradley Chubb trade is a monster trade for this season, and I think for years to come. I mean, if you're the Miami Dolphins, think about this. You make this trade with Trey Lance and the Niners. to get You get three first-round picks. Look what you've turned those three first-round picks into. You've turned it into Tyreek Hill. You've turned it into Jalen Waddle, and you've turned it in to now Bradley Chubb. This has been a monster deal for the Miami Dolphins. And to top it off, you get Jeff Wilson also on the same day. This is huge. And for Denver, it's not bad either because you get a first-round pick. Remember, they traded that first-round pick to the Denver Broncos to get Russell Wilson. So they didn't have a first-round pick this year. Now they do. So now they're kind of hoping that the Niners suck this season so that they can get a high draft pick in this year's NFL draft. Only time will tell to see what happens with San Francisco. But Miami, this is a move that can – I'm, I'm going to say, this is a move that helps them get into that push. They can realistically win a Super Bowl with this type of a move. I think this is a, a Super Bowl winning type of move because you they've been looking for a pass rusher all season. They get it with Bradley Chubb right there. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl off this move. I think maybe next year or a year after that when Jalen Waddle develops a little bit more to uh, – Tua develops a little bit more. Tyreek's a little bit more comfortable in the system, but not so banged up. Uh, maybe the, in the future, I agree with you. I don't think this year. I, I mean, how much more Tyreek had to get comfortable? He's leading the league in receiving. I, I I shouldn't say Tyreek getting comfortable. I think that's kind of a uh, an over exaggeration. But I think what you know what you mean. Uh, to have Jalen Waddle step it up more because the better Jalen Waddle becomes, the better the more it's going to help Tyreek Hill. So I shouldn't say Tyreek stepping up more, but I think more of a domino effect of Tua becoming better, getting used to playing with him, maybe improves his arm strength in the offseason season a little bit because Tyreek's been having to stop for a couple of his passes. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. Tyreek Hill's the fastest player in the league. It's kind of hard to gauge where well, you throw that if you're throwing it 40, 50 yards down the field. But I, I think as they get more comfortable, it will be better. So I don't I think th- this year's this year is yeah. their year, but... I think maybe down the line it's going to be... Uh, well, if you look at the Dolphins of how they played, their defense has been struggling this season and due to the fact that they don't have pass rushing and it's giving, you know, these quarterbacks a lot of time in the pocket to, you know, look downfield. And at the end of the day, their secondary, you know, can only cover f- their receivers for so long. 
So getting a pass rusher like Bradley Chubb really helps at the end of the day for this Dolphins team. They've seen guys like Jalen Phillips on the defensive line starting to step up as of late. So now you have Phillips and Bradley Chubb for this pass rush that can really start to get some momentum down the season. And with Buffalo, you know, we'll talk about them in a little bit. With them losing this weekend, Miami has a chance to win the AFC East. I think they could make some, some you know, noise in the AFC this season. It's all going to depend on how will this team develop down the stretch of the season. I'm going to agree with you on there. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how this goes. Uh, but, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to this and uh, how they're going to affect, obviously, this season, next season. But I want to get into some of these games and just kind of quick recap of what happened l- last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's start with the Eagles remaining unbeing against the Texans. Uh, Eagles not looking really too sharp for a team that's, that doesn't look that good against the Texans. Like, I I think everyone expected the Eagles to look a lot better, and they kind of fell a little bit flat. Yeah, first half of this game was a really head-scratching first half for the Eagles. I mean, they couldn't stop the run. Davis Mills made a couple good throws to Philip Dorsett. And the Texans, you know, went back and forth, and they had this game going into the half, a tie, you know, tied game with 14 apiece. But in the second half, the Eagles were able to pull away. Jalen Hurts had another solid game as well. Miles Sanders had a rushing touchdown as well as Kenneth Gainwell. And, you know, guys like Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown were able to help the passing attack. But the big story in the second half was really the Eagles defense finally starting to get some momentum. They they picked off Davis Mills twice. But you're starting to see the emergence of Damian Pierce of the Texans. He's starting to become a a big-time running back for this team. He had 27 carries and 139 yards against a really good Eagles defense this season. So hats off to him. He did a great job keeping the Texans alive. But as you said, not a convincing win for Philly, but they do go to 8-0 and now on the season. Yeah, I mean, Eagles remain undefeated, but kind of looking a little bit more like the Steelers team of a couple of years ago, the infamous undefeated Steelers team until they played real competition. So that's what it's looking like to me right now. Um, but obviously you have to... Well, the Eagles, the Eagles have some good wins this season in their defense. They do, but so did, I guess, the Steelers. Like, they have good wins, but they haven't looked that sharp. Let's be real here. They, they, have, they, they, didn't, look against, they didn't look good against Detroit. They didn't look, look good against Tex, the Texans. And those, to me, are two massive red they flags. They are two of the worst teams. That, that's fair. When you but then, you could, but then, but then someone could say they looked really the good problem. against the Cowboys, and they looked good against the Vikings. Yeah, no Cooper Rush. No Cooper Rush, and it was Kirk Cousins in prime time. I mean, that's, yeah, that's fair. I mean, they played Kirk Cousins in primetime. They played Cooper Rush. So, that, that again, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree Kirk, with that. Kirk Cousins is the best <clears throat> football player uh, before 4.30 p.m. He's literally the greatest football, football quarterback of all time. And I hate to tell uh, him, when the playoffs start, that he's going to have to be better than that because they don't play. <laughs> they play games after 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's literally the new nightmare, and then that's probably about it. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get into some more games, Johnson. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about this. Uh, I hate Buffalo, and I also hate the Jets, so I don't know how to feel about this. Jets um, in an absolute stunner with the yeah. upset of, over Buffalo. Grayson, I know you, were, I think, were live at this game. I was. I, I want to hear the energy in the stadium. I want to hear your um, analysis. Okay, I mean, I'll start right from walking in a ton of, a ton of Buffalo Bills fans. There was a lot of Bills fans. In, in it the was. I honestly felt like it was a Bills home game. To be honest, for that's, a lot of that game, that's fair. It, the atmosphere was fantastic. Military, it was military appreciation. It was salute day? to service salute day. To service, so sorry. a lot of uh, armed was, forces were there. I mean, 
absolutely a great yeah a great day, atmosphere honestly. was electric that's this past sunday for that um, game definitely if you want to go full details a little too human for my liking but we we deal with it um but <laughs> really yeah, it was a water. great game um josh allen starts off well first off we have one of the greatest kickoffs i've ever seen in my life yeah i'm not <laughs> sure what happened on that one i didn't see it he's, because like, i i wasn't slipped on the uh on the whole, on the placeholder. Yeah. I mean, it was weird because, you know, I was also there and most of the day it was, you know, sunshine and it didn't look like it was going to rain. And then up until like 12 o'clock, it started to, the rain started to come down. Yep. So that definitely played a factor. But this was a weird game because you also had the sky camera falling at one point. Yeah, so they had to reattach that. So, yep. you know, this was a wacky game to say the least. Um, So we start off with that. And then Josh Stefan Diggs puts Sauce Gardner in an absolute blender to start this game, thirty yards. And then Josh Allen thinks that they're playing back in Buffalo, and throws it straight to the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what he was looking at. It, and then after that, I, I couldn't even tell you. It, Josh Allen ran the ball really well for some. I don't know if he he hurt. Did they like? I don't. No, they're saying that he has a UCL injury, so that could be. When did he do that though? They said that that was on the last drive of the game. Okay, so he has no excuse for the rest of the game. No, he even said it. He said it himself. He said, "I made some really, you know, really bad he throws. Was terrible. That is probably the worst game I've ever seen him play. This was reminiscent of rookie year Josh Allen, kind of." Because yeah. he looked really bad his rookie year, and he had some of these type of throws. And you're right; it's been a while since you've seen this type of play from him. He looked very flat in this game, to say the least. He underthrew uh, on three different accounts. He underthrew wide open receivers, like especially in the fourth quarter. He had digs wide open and threw him about ten or five yards short, and should be grateful they didn't get picked off again. Uh, he just did not look comfortable all day. The Jets did a really good job getting pressure on him. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner locked up on the outside. That's what I was trying to tell you. I was trying to tell Sauce you the Jets' defense is good. Sauce and DJ Reed's a great one-two punch at the corner position. And they had Jordan Whitehead, too. He had a big-time yep. interception as well in this game. Yep. And they're, they're a solid defense. Um, they ran The Jets ran the ball fantastic. Yeah. Um, Michael Carter. Had a bunch of pretty good runs. Wide open t- rushing touchdown. James Robinson yeah. had a receiving touchdown. James Robinson looked great. Yeah. Unlimited touches. Garrett Wilson looked really good in this game, too. He's been oh, really Wilson good the last couple all weeks. Over the, I've never, I mean, look, I've seen a lot of really good performances live from receivers. That was probably one of the best. He was going up contested catches. It didn't matter. He was grabbing anything that they threw to him. Yeah. He was fantastic all day. I mean, listen, this is a statement win for the Jets because a lot of people don't know if the Jets were for real going into this game. If you look back on the Jets' wins this season, I mean, a lot of people would say, who is the best win of the season for the Jets? Is it the Packers? I mean, the Packers suck. Is it Miami? I mean, sure, but Miami didn't have Tua in that game. They had a third-string quarterback at, at a time. So, realistically, the Jets don't really didn't have that signature win going into this game, and boy, did they ever get it. I mean... They get a nice comfort behind win to beat a you know a team that everyone expects to be in the Super Bowl this season in the Buffalo Bills, and you said it. I mean, their defense was locked down in this game. Josh Allen. Now the question is going to be: 
Is he actually, you know, is the injuries very serious? They still are not 100% sure if this, you know, the severity of the injury. So we'll have to see what happens with that. When it comes to UCL injuries for, you know, MLB pitchers, that requires Tommy John some of the times. So that is not a good sign to see for Buffalo. If they're going to have any chance to win a Super Bowl, they need Josh Allen to play. Because no offense to Case Keenum, he's not going to get Buffalo to a Super Bowl. That just hurts. That just any, diminishes any chances of them having going to the Super Bowl. So they need to pray to God that Josh Allen is fine. But at the end of the day, the Bills fans might have been going through tables, but it wasn't for the, all the right reasons. I will I will say this, though, about this game. Um, Zach Wilson is still... I, the jury is still that, out. Yeah, I... Even though they won this game, they won this game solely off their defense and the ground. Yeah. He was not a difference maker in this game. He made a couple really good passes in clutch times. I'll give him that. But, like, he didn't wow me sitting there. I, I like, I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive throwing the ball. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Going into our next game, staying uh, with a stunner type of yes, staying with I guess upsets. Lions beating the Packers, Packers losing five straight. You have is this the end of Aaron Rodgers? Has Father Time finally caught up with him? Because Nick he joined a very special club this past weekend. I'm sure you want to tell the viewers what uh, or our listeners, I should say, uh, what the uh, that club is. Now, are you sure, Nick? Do you have any idea what club? I'm I, I see. I saw. I took a quick glance, but I didn't see the full thing. So enlighten me. I actually didn't see, uh, hear about this. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers threw five, three ints. Yep, all in the red zone. All in the red zone. He's elite company now. Uh, I believe he only is a handful of quarterbacks to actually do that. With Kyle Allen being the last one to do that for the uh, for Carolina Panthers, so. Kyle, Kyle Allen and Aaron Rodgers now in the same category. Yeah, it's not good. That's really bad. I mean, I think I, I don't want to say this is the end of Aaron Rodgers, but it, I, I, what do you do with him? Because you can't trade him. You can't cut him. They're in a weird spot because a lot of Packer fans have been saying, you know what? Do we look at Jordan Love maybe for the rest of the oh, season? I would look at Jordan Love. I think this season's done. I think you just shut him down. You give him some sort of BS injury, say, oh, yeah, he uh, he tweaked his knee in practice, well, and, you know, he's, he's day-to-day. He's day-to-day for the next two months. Well, let's look at what the fact is for the Green Bay Packers. This will come a weekend they're playing Dallas, and I don't like him necessarily in this game, and they're at home for this game. Now you're talking about this game against the Detroit Lions, and they just, I mean, I am not sure what is wrong with Green Bay. I mean, they had... Everything going for them. They got into the red zone, as we said, three times. And Rodgers threw a pick all the, all three times. I mean, it just can't happen. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, hats off to Detroit. I mean, their defense was the worst going into this game. And they held the Packers to nine points. I mean, unprecedented. And now for the Packers, they have a lot of injury issues now at the end of this game. Aaron Jones got injured. Rashawn Gary tore his ACL. He's done for the season. They also lost some offensive line in this game, too. And Eric Stokes, also one of the top corners, is injured. So Green Bay, not only do they lose this game, now they're losing players. It is a bad time to be a Packer fan right now. And 
I, I think you're right. I mean, realistically, for the rest of the season, you're going to have to question, do what do you do with Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season? He's making a lot of money. That's the, that's the only problem. You're going to be, even if he's on the team next season or not, you're paying Aaron Rodgers almost you know $50 million, or I think over $50 million. So the Packers are realistically in a lose-lose type of situation. I don't know how you fix it. A wide receiver is not going to fix this, you know, three and six record that they currently have. There's a lot more issues that they have. Hundred percent. I don't know why people are so surprised that they lost this game. I had the Lions all day, every day in this game. I, th- uh, I mean, it's not like the Lions won this game. The, the, the this was a game where the Packers just beat themselves. No, that's definitely very fair. But like. At the same time, it, it's very tough to um, pick a team that's on such a losing streak and has played so poorly. Uh, the Lions just looked average. I mean, especially without Swift really getting a lot of touches. Swift's still injured, so yeah. Did. Yeah, like, it, it, had Swift been healthy, I think this is a, a way different game. I mean, I think this is a big. This is a blowout. This is just a. This is just an unbelievable time. Because I mean, a lot of people, including myself, I thought the Packers. I thought you know what, you have to pick them for the division because realistically, going into the season, who was the really biggest threat? I mean, I don't think anyone really expected to be see Minnesota go seven and one in the season. But at this rate, Minnesota is going to have the division clinched up by Thanksgiving because there's no really big competition in the NFC North because of how bad that has been outside of them. And the Packers, they just look abysmal right now on this five-game losing streak. They've lost games to the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, Detroit, and they also lost to Buffalo. So Buffalo, realistically, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, they lost to the two, all three New York teams, and then you lose games to the Commanders and the Lions. I mean, not a good look. Yeah, it was actually kind of pathetic. Okay, staying in the NFC North, Kirk Cousins in the... Kirk Cousins Bowl with the revenge game, beating the team that drafted him where he got to start in the Washington Commanders. It's looking like the the Vikings are a legit playoff team and a legit Super Bowl contender, but I will say that with a giant asterisk because we've never seen Kirk Cousins perform in the uh, in, in prime time. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins was really iffy in this game, had two touchdowns and an interception, did get injured at one point as well. So there definitely was a scare in this game, but thankfully he was able to come back for the Vikings. Um, Dalvin Cook didn't really, you know, big play a big factor into this game either. So hats off to Minnesota for able, you know, to throw the ball really effectively when they needed it the most. Justin Jefferson continues to look like an absolute beast, and T.J. Hawkinson, his first game with the team, makes a big impact. Nine catches for seventy yards. They had talked all week about how he was going to play a big factor into this game, and he did just that. And they did a great job of containing this Washington Commanders offense that had been getting a little bit better the last couple of weeks. But it's like you said, Minnesota gets a big win. They go to seven and one. They're right behind the Eagles in the NFC standings. The question is, how will they finish out the rest of the season? And are they going to be a for real seven and one team, or is this just you know type of that Steelers team for 2020 where the record looks great on paper, but the team itself is still a big question mark? Yeah, uh, T.J. Hawkins obviously looks great. He looks like a fantastic addition already. Really, the one gaping hole, I don't, I don't want to say the Vikings have a lot of gaping holes because they've done a fantastic job with their offense this year. 
But I think the one thing they were missing was that stud tight end. And TJ Hawkinson kind of fills a void. Seems like him and Kirk Cousins have a great connection already. So I'm going to see. Uh, I'm going to like to see how this develops over the next couple of games. I mean, I also have to say, I mean, Dalvin Cook's actually kind of having an off year, and this team's still playing very well. They um, all goes into that offense because remember, if you remember from the Vic from Kevin O'Connell's days as the Rams' offensive coordinator, they didn't, they weren't known for running the football; they were known no. for throwing it. Hundred percent. I just it's it's crazy. That you have a world class back. He's having. I mean, it's not a bad year, but it's, it's still not. a good year. But you know what? It it, it makes it d- more dangerous, in my opinion, because they're going to be expecting gonna the be pass, ru- and you're def- able to run the football. He's definitely going to be more rested. Yeah, because he's not taking as much abuse. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I, I think if when it comes to playoff time, it's going to be yeah. Now, uh, oh, heavy dose of cooks. Now, before we go into the next game, I know Grayson wanted to talk about two things before we go into the next slate of games. Um, Joe Mixon was a monster this week, by the way. Five yeah. rushing touchdowns, I believe, or four Save rushing me. and one receiving. Four rushing and one receiving. Yeah, yeah I mean, Save me in fantasy. an unbelievable <laughs> performance from Joe Mixon, to say the least. Um, hats off to him, and it's a big win for the Bengals coming off that embarrassing loss to the Browns. So they're able to bounce back and stay alive in the AFC North. They really needed this win, and they got it thanks to Joe Mixon, who, like you said, Saved a lot of fantasy owners at the end of the day, and realistically saved any you know Bengals hopes of making the playoffs because a loss to Carolina would not have been good to say the least. No, 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 no they wouldn't. Now a team that definitely could need saving was another quick snippet from this: uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, another seventeen point lead that they've blown this season. That's the third time this year, wasn't it? That's the third time this year they've blown a seventeen point lead this year. It might have been more than that, but it's. I think it was twenty. It might have been 20, but they've had a 17-point lead in three games this season. They have blown all three. Yeah, they're abysmal. This is a – it's it's unbelievable considering the fact of, you know, Devontae Adams had a monster game. He had 10 catches for 146 yards and two touchdowns. But they just look they, – their defense just looks really bad this year. ETN had another big game for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence did just enough to help him get the win. And the Jaguars' defense did a great job of containing Vegas in the second half. Ra- Raiders were up twenty to ten going into the half, and they did not score a single point in the second half. So hats off to Jacksonville; they get a you know a much needed win. And for Vegas, I mean, they got to fire Josh McDaniels sooner rather than later because man, he is stinking up the joint to say the least. I'll take him back as a Patriots OC. Thanks. I'm sure you would. I think a lot of Patriot fans would. Yeah, because I've seen I, I've I'm done with this horror show of. Uh... Him attempting to be a head coach? No, I'm not that. I'm he's done with, he's done with the uh, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge experiment. Well, yeah, I'm done with that already. Yeah, I'm over it. Hey, take take it one from experience. I don't blame you. But let's get into a game that we ha- now getting back on track. Let's get into a, a game that put up a lot of points, looking like a Big Twelve game to say the least. Miami at Chicago. And we talked about it earlier how the Bears' offense has looked a lot better these last couple weeks. It showed in this game, Justin Fields. He looked very, very, very good in this game. He only threw for 123 yards, but three passing touchdowns. But the big story for him, 178 rushing yards and a touchdown. I mean, unbelievable performance from Justin Fields, to say the least. He's looking to be that right now. I mean, you could disagree with it all you want and say that, you know, I prefer guys like Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones. 
Justin Fields right now, at the end of the day, looks like the best quarterback in that class because of how he's played and how the other quarterbacks have played so far, you know, in their second season. The Bears, at the end of the day, do lose the game due to the fact that the Miami Dolphins offense has been unbelievable this season. Tua Tagovailoa, 300 yards and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill still looks like an animal. So does Jalen Waddell. And we saw Jeff Wilson get involved a lot this week. He had nine carries for 51 rushing yards and also was involved in the passing game. So him going back into you know Mike McDaniel's offense is huge for this for him and for the Dolphins because it gives them another running back threat outside of Raheem Mostert. So Miami, like I said, they've got a lot of things going great for them right now. Now they're a half game behind the Bills in the AFC East. And for Chicago, I mean, listen, they might be three and six, but they might have finally found what they've been looking for in Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, I still think the Jerry's a little out. His arm is still, and his decision making is a little suspect. But damn, could that boy run the football? Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about a dual threat? I mean, he's got the arm strength. I, his decision making so up in the Well, end. that's why you make a trade for Chase. Like I like Chase Claypool. Yeah, You're trying to get some more weapons. It definitely helps him. I, I think that that helps a lot. Gives him a guy that you can just kind of toss it up to. You know, and hope he comes down with it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he played a great game. But if the Bears were just a, had a little bit more talent, they probably win this game. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, anything, Johnson. anything, uh, anything on this one, Johnson? Uh, I think you kind of covered everything. I don't really have much to say about this game. Uh, I'm still not going to buy on Justin Fields. I need a little bit more of a sample size. But really would you agree that right now, looking at all the quarterbacks in that class, he's played the best out of all of them? He's had a couple I'm, of good games. I'm still it's taking still Lawrence, size. though. Like... No, but I know, but like I, I, I understand. What I'm saying like if you, you want to go, at, I mean, sure. This year he's had the best couple of games. I will give you that he's had the yeah. best couple of games. I'm not going to go off. If you want to go, go off the entire body of work, then so far it's Mac Jones. I don't care how I'm bad going. He's been I'm so going far this based year. off of this season. He's looked like the best quarterback from that class. I just don't even want to say based on this season, based on maybe the last two or three weeks, because he sucked the first four weeks of the season. He yeah, was but absolutely awful. The problem is the other quarterbacks in that class have not looked good all year. Yeah, I'm I guess Trevor Lawrence has more interceptions than touchdowns. Trevor I'm Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence has still been up and down this season. He hasn't. You have you know, to remember that both Mac and Zach Wilson were battling injuries or are battling injuries this year. That also you have to take that into account. Well, my thing with Lawrence yeah. is, I mean, look at what he had his first year as a head coach. And you know he th- his first year opinion, didn't happen. Is, his first yeah, year. This didn't is happen. basically his first year. Like it's, you know, uh, Lawrence down the road is probably the best quarterback out of this group. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm like not, I said, I'm not. Uh, uh, that, that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is, right now, based off the body of what has happened this season, I think Fields has looked like the best one. But at the end of the day, if I had to pick one from that class, yeah, I'm picking Lawrence. Just because of the the talent that is given there, but I Fields we'll, has looked a lot better. I, I have to give him credit. No, hundred percent. Fields has definitely stepped his game up. I just, I think it's more play calling than. Yeah, I mean, listen, else. that that was the issue for the Bears the first couple of weeks of the season. Their yeah. play calling was really abysmal. They are finally starting to realize, oh wow, we have a quarterback that can run the football. 
Let's try to utilize that. Yeah, and it's worked. They're going the RG3 method. And it's working. I mean, listen, I mean, listen, they're not winning games, but it's not necessarily because of the offense. The defense no. is just, you know, they're just not good. Well, they, and they made that they just traded half the defense away last yeah. week. Yeah. So they're rebuilding. You know, I think had this defense actually been what it was to start the season, they probably win this week. Well, we'll have to see all the time's going to tell how the Bears do the rest of the year. But let's go on to the next game. And I mean, I'm just going to play, you know, to get straight to the point. This game was kind of a snooze fest, to say the least, because these two teams have been really abysmal this year. Had a lot of expectations going into the season, and they have definitely not played up to it. The Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay gets a big-time win, winning 16-13. to Tom Brady with 44 seconds left and no timeouts, able to drive down the field and get a game-winning touchdown with nine seconds left on the board. So a great job by Tampa Bay to get down the field. They go to 4-5. and five. They're back into first place in the NFC South. And meanwhile, for the Rams, they lose again. They now fall to three and five on the year. And now, I mean, more than ever, I mean, they're looking worse and worse every week. You could tell they're missing their stars from last season's Super Bowl run. They haven't been able to run the football all year. And Matt Stafford just looks, you know, like a deer of headlights right now, the way the season has gone. I don't think we have to talk much about this game other than Tom Brady's fantastic 50 yard, 60. How many yards was this? About 55, 60 yards to get downfield in the minute? It was about a 50, yeah, about a 54, 55 yard drive. Yeah, 55 yard drive to get downfield in a minute. That was classic Brady, no timeouts, really managing the clock well, uh, throwing to the outside. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me this game. The other takeaway being that the Rams suck, and yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean McVay just kind of retires in a year or two. Or does, I shouldn't say retire, but leaves the Rams. In a year or two, because I don't think he wants to be. They're, be. they're heading towards being a rebuilding team, and I don't think he wants to be part of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird time. I mean, the Rams, they had all this stuff going on for them. I mean, they thought they could be back at the Super Bowl this season, but this is why I didn't like them when we were picking them for the you know the divisions. I just figured they lost so much talent this past offseason. Guys like Von Miller, Andrew Whitworth, and Odell Beckham. Those are three of their big you know contributors to that Super Bowl run last season. And they were not able to replace them this past offseason. And it's showing this year. They have not gotten any contributions, especially on the offensive side. Their offense has looked horrible all year. And it really comes down to the fact that Matt Stafford, really, outside of Cooper Cup, does not have any options to throw the ball to. Yeah, and uh, Grayson, you have anything to add to this? I, I don't think there's really much we have to say about this game. No, there's not much. No, it's an absolute snooze fest as per usual. Like that's how. That's how. Well, that's how the NFC South has been. It's been kind of a, just been a really, really bad division. But someone's got to make the playoffs. And I want to talk about a no. I don't want to say snooze fest, but a game I thought would be close, and I had the Titans winning this, but Chiefs end up winning by field goal via overtime. Titans with Malik Willis. This was a Chiefs were over fourteen point favorites. I think they were. 14 and a half point favorites. If, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, the Chiefs continue to play down their competition. I'm not going to take them seriously anytime soon. Well, I don't think it's that. I think that the Titans over the past couple of seasons have been the Chiefs' boogeyman. They have really given the Chiefs a lot of hard times, 
in the playoffs and in the regular season. You saw last year, the Chiefs went to Tennessee and they got annihilated in that game against the Titans. It got to the point where Patrick Mahomes had to get benched because they were getting blown out that badly. So realistically, going into this game, you knew the Titans were going to play up to their, you know, up to the fullest and give the Chiefs a run for their money. And that's exactly what they did. But you got to give credits where credit was due. I mean, the Titans did what they needed to do. They ran the ball with Derrick Henry. But my biggest gripe with the, the running the ball with Derrick Henry is they didn't really run the ball as much in the second half with Derrick Henry, which is realistically the reason they lose this game. Henry was a monster in the first half for the Titans, ran for two touchdowns, and put them up going into the half. In the second half, didn't really run the ball as much. They tried to throw it a little bit with Malik Willis, but the jury is still out on Malik Willis and if he's going to be good or not. We'll have to see. He did run the ball for eight times for 40 yards, so he can still give you that outside you know, quarterback edge you know, and running ability. But at the end of the day, the Titans don't have that number one wide receiver right now that can help a guy like Willis or even Ryan Tannehill get the ball down the field. And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs did just enough to get back and win this game. Holmes threw the ball 68 times, but did have a touchdown. Also threw a really bad interception, I guess, at the end of the day. Mahomes also ran in for a touchdown as well. But the Chiefs are looking really good right now. 6-2 and in the season, tied with Buffalo for the best record in the AFC. And they get an all-important win against the Titans team that was looking to play spoiler this past mon- uh, this past Sunday, I should say. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's kind of summed everything up. Grayson, any comments on this? No, not really. I mean, this was not anything even worth talking about, to be honest. I don't think this next game is worth talking about either, really, but we have to sum it up since it is a quote-unquote primetime game. These primetime games are putting everyone to sleep. Hmm. Oh, boy, Ravens beating the living hell out of a Saints this past Monday. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Uh, snooze fest. Saints offense looks horrific. Uh, Alvin Kamara doesn't look good. Michael Thomas may not play enough down to football this season. He's not. He's already out for the year. <laughs> there, there you go on that. Um, out for the year. I didn't even know that. I thought he was still on a no, he's, week-to-week basis. No, but, he's um, out for the year. Yikes. Well, yeah, that, and, that team's just start Taysom Hill. And they back. haven't had Jarvis Landry play it and God knows how long either, so... It's really the Chris Olave show right now, wide receiver. Yeah, for the they're, they're in cap hell. It's really it's an ugly situation, to say the least. But And you know what the funny part is? They're so only a game out of first place. That's how bad the NFC South is. They, this team could still make the playoffs. Yeah, that's absolutely horrendous, and that should that should be illegal. But at the end of the day, I mean, great job by Baltimore. They held Kamara to 30 yards rushing, and Baltimore was able to run the ball efficiently. Kenyon Drake had 93 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson had 82 yards rushing, also threw for a passing touchdown. So the Ravens, I mean, they get a great, you know, game in which they didn't have Mark Andrews, so credit to them. They lose their best, you know, receiving option on the team, and they were still able to get, you know, get the big win on the road in New Orleans, which is not an easy place to win at. But the Saints now fall to three and six. They're still one game back of the division. Meanwhile, Baltimore, they go to six and three. They have a one game lead over the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC North. And they're only a half game back of the top seat in the AFC, so they still have a chance to make some noise in this year's AFC standings. Yeah, no, they definitely do have a chance to do this. I mean, uh, they've looked good so far this season. They've had their couple of uh, really Those scary games, leads. of blown leads of double digits a, a couple of weeks in a row, yep. but it seems like they're putting it together now. They didn't have Mark Andrews, so kind of uh, a little concerning if he's going to be out for the foresee- uh, foreseeable future, but... 
Well, they have a bye week this week, so that definitely will help him get a little bit more rested. True. Yeah, absolutely. Get, put Mark Andrews out for another week. Hopefully, he's rested and he's healthy for the uh, for next week. And it'll be interesting to see who wins that AFC North playoff race. Yeah. But next topic I want to get into is a tough one for me to talk about because, you know, going into the bye week, I thought everything was okay. You know, the Giants were going in this week 6-2 and two in the bye. Everything's going fine. And I know, obviously, the week before they had lost the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, with these upcoming games against the Texans and Lions, you have a lot of optimism to look into. But once again, the Giants, somehow, some way, were able to lose the bye week. Xavier McKinney <laughs> broke his hand while on a trip to, I believe it was Cabo, I think he said. I don't remember off the top of my head. It was Cabo. Oh, it's somewhere next. Time. So either way, McKinney breaks his hand. He's going to be out for 10 to 13 weeks, so he's pretty much done for the rest of the regular season. Well, I don't even know if he'll be able to play in the postseason this year if the Giants are able to get there. But it's a big blow to a defense that has played a lot better this season, and McKinney has been one of those reasons why. And now the Giants are going to have to figure out who replaces him. Is it a guy like Dane Belton? Is it someone like Landon Collins? Someone has to be is going to have to step up for this defense throughout the you know for basically throughout the rest of the season. In a season in which the Giants are trying to stun the world and make the uh, the, the postseason this year, I'd be down for it to be Landon Collins. Yeah, I mean, redemption story. It'd be great oh, to see. I love it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. It hurts. Um, he broke. I'm pretty sure you broke like a team rule, like something in the contract. On top of all that, just so. put the team in damn bubble wrap, man. Yeah, that's basically it. They've already had enough injuries as it is this season, and this happens during a bye week. I mean, it just just can't make it up. Well, uh, hopefully the Giants can continue their, I don't want to say dominance, but their winning ways as they play two really bad teams over the next couple of weeks. They're going to play the Texans in line, so hopefully they can get that 8-2 and two predictions, which I had at the beginning of the season. So I'd fingers crossed for the Giants on that. Uh I want to talk about good news. Colts fire their head coach, Jeff Saturday, named interim coach. Uh, oh, everyone hates the Colts. Especially. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Colts are not a good franchise. Jim Irsay is a terrible owner, and they don't deserve anything good. So I'm happy that Jim. Uh, yeah, you could be Dan Snyder, but I mean, that's pretty stiff competition I mean, right now. Let's right just there to be a bad owner. Let's just get into it with Fran Reich. I thought last year he should have been fired after they collapsed and they lost in Jacksonville. So I thought last year was when he should have been fired. And, I mean, listen, he overstayed his welcome, in my opinion. Colts had a lot of expectations going into the season. Obviously, after adding Matt Ryan, you would have expected them to make a little bit of a uh, you know a better push than they had for last season with Carson Wentz. But right now, they're 3-5-1. and one. Matt Ryan's not even the starting quarterback. They had to turn to Sam Elringer. I mean, they had to fire Reich because of how badly this offense has been all season. Jonathan Taylor, even when playing, has been really bad not like really really bad and their offensive line which was the bread and butter of this team for so many years for that the past what three four years maybe they've looked horrific this season the Patriots sacked Sam Elringer this week nine times yeah, I mean Matt Judon's also on another level this year you have to give him credit I, I understand that but nine sacks I mean you're trying to see what you have at Sam Elringer and you couldn't even see it because he had no time in the pocket, and he also threw an interception, so he just couldn't do anything. He was the leading rusher this week. 
which is really sad considering you had an MVP. Now, the, the biggest thing that came out of this is that they're going to hire Jeff Saturday to be their new interim head coach, which is just a, a baffling decision because obviously Saturday does not have any head coaching experience. The only head coaching experience he has is head coaching his, his son's high school football team. And I've, from what I remember, I'm pretty sure that someone said on Twitter that their high school football team won like three games. So I don't know how much that's going to really help them. Um, I don't know. It's just a weird time to be a, I mean, be a Colts fan. I mean, how can you realistically, you know, be happy about this decision? I mean, listen, Frank Reich definitely needed to go. But for Jeff Saturday, I just don't see the logic of doing that. Hey, listen, I think the Colts want to tank. I, uh, I'm, I, I am pro-tank. They can just ruin another quarterback's career like they did to Andrew Luck. And, uh, yeah, they did it. yeah, they did ruin Andrew yeah so I mean, uh, if, I was a, if I was a quarterback and if the Colts would draft me, I'd tell them I'd go play in the CFL instead. I'll go full... Uh... I'd go full Eli. I would literally say I'm not going to suit up of his organization. Full Eli, full Elway. Yeah, you gotta go full John Elway. You, if you get drafted by the Colts, your your career is already over. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens. But let's get into the NFL slate for this upcoming week. And listen, I wouldn't I want, really go ahead. Go I want to do rapid fire for this NFL slate for the upcoming week. That's yeah. always the most fun. Yeah, let's okay. just let's just get into it. The first game, and I mean, no one really wants to see this game on Thursday night, but it's a game that. Kind of has some implications for first place in the NFC South. Atlanta at Carolina. I'm going to assume we all have Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take Atlanta here. I, I think that there's going to be reemergence in Kyle Pitts. He's looked good recently. I'm going to bet on him finally finding his groove this season, and he's going to lead the uh, Falcons to a victory here. Okay, next game is the game in Germany. First time the NFL is in Germany for a game. Seattle against Tampa Bay. Seattle That's is int- the underdog in this game. Yeah, but this Seattle. is an interesting game. Um, you're going to go with Seattle. I think Geno Smith can only stay this hot for so long. I feel that Tom Brady finally, finally found his groove in the last minute of the game last week. I think he's going to carry that momentum over into Germany. I think he's going to win a squeaker in Germany over the Seahawks. Yeah, I think it will be a close win for Tampa Bay as well. I think a last-second field goal. I think you're right, Johnson. I think a win like that against LA is definitely going to build some, you know, confidence for this Tampa Bay team. And Seattle, I mean, has been a, a great story for this season. But I think you're right. I think time, you know, that glass slipper, you know, for the Cinderella, it's going to come off very soon. Something's something's going to have to happen. Smith is about to turn into a pumpkin. I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I I still think Seattle could win this division, but I just don't like them against Tampa Bay, with Tampa Bay having a little bit of momentum going on right now. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. So we got one for Seattle and we got two for Tampa Bay. Yep. Okay. Probably game of the week right here. Vikings versus Bills. This is an interesting one. This is definitely interesting. Uh, I refuse to uh, make a pick on this till I know if... Uh... This isn't a primetime game to my knowledge. Right? It is Nick? not. It's a one o'clock game. I, give me Kirk Cousins. I don't... If Allen's actually healthy... Give me the Bills, but if not... See, that's, that, that is going to be the interesting part. If Josh Allen cannot play this game, I don't see... I mean, listen, Kirk Cousins was able to get the Vikings to an NFC Championship game, so, I mean, anything is possible. But, man, I don't... I don't know if he's going to be... If Lightning's going to strike twice with that. Yeah, if... Uh... So, if you have to pick right now, Grayson, let, let's just say... 
Like, I'm sure, I'm going to assume that Josh Allen's going to play, but maybe I'm wrong. Let's just say if Allen's playing, you're going to take Buffalo. Yeah. If he's not, then I'm taking the- I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this boldly. Even if Allen doesn't play, I still will take Buffalo. I'm still not sold on Minnesota. I understand the 7-1, and one, and I, I think Case Keenum is still a, a reasonable backup to get, you know, get you down the field and still able to win games. And remember this also, Tredavious White, I believe, is going to potentially be able to play this game for Buffalo. That's going to be a major key factor for them. They didn't have Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer their last game against the Jets. If they can get some of these def- big defensive guys back for them in this game, especially going up against Justin Jefferson, that's going to be huge for them. So I'll take Buffalo to win. But, yeah, it's definitely concerned with Josh Allen. Okay, so it looks like uh, mixed Vikings. I'll give Grayson a 50-50, so we'll go one and a half, one yeah. and a half here. I'm not sure Grayson uh, technically made a pick, but, yeah. He, he made a pick. It just depends on if Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, he's, he's way on the Josh Allen. That's, that's fair. Uh, Colts versus Raiders. Uh, Tank Bowl. <laughs> Jeff Saturday's first game as a coach. Oh, Raiders. God. I hate to say it, Raiders. Man, I don't trust either of these teams. I'm like, so torn on this. This is awful. Do I have to pick? I, I didn't want to put this on the rundown, but considering it's his first head coaching game, I had to put it on the rundown. You gotta take the Raiders. Yeah, give me give me Los Angeles. Um Va- Los Angeles. Give me Las Vegas, Vegas. Whatever. Yeah, Las Vegas. Give me Sin City. Yeah, it's a it's a bad game. No one's gonna pay attention. Don't worry, we we won't that won't be on the rundown next week unless somehow the Colts win. Yeah, that's that's awful, and I don't want to see the Colts on this list ever again. Uh, All right, <laughs> next uh, game we got that's pain and suffering. Cowboys versus Packers. Yeah, Cowboys. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to pick the Cowboys, but I have to pick the Cowboys. The Packers. Yeah, Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers right now, dude. Points. I'm hoping I mush the Cowboys to the point where the Packers actually pull it off. But yeah, I, uh, I, I think you're right here. I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. I don't really care about the Cowboys. A lot of people like to hate on them. I'm really indifferent with them. Uh, I, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers, go, his career end like this, but it's funny because people are trying to say he was better than Tom Brady this entire time. And when Tom Brady was literally in the prime of his career at the same age as Aaron Rodgers, this guy looks like he belongs in a wheelchair right now. So, yeah, uh, kind of sucks to be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers right now, but give me the Cowboys. All right, so pretty much all Dallas on that one. Next game, we got NFC West showdown between two teams that are struggling right now, Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Wow, this is terrible. These are some really... Yeah, not not good football this week. Not wow, good football. I would just turn off Red Zone, to be honest, if you would just go to sleep. Um, this is a week where you just watch Red Zone and your local team. Yeah, I, I would not... While I'm looking at these, uh, we, we got some good games on primetime, or at least some decent teams yeah. on primetime. The end yeah. of the season. Yeah. The end of the week. Uh, but give me, oh boy, give me give me the Rams. I, I don't trust the Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals because I don't trust the Rams. Well, I go. am also taking the Rams because the Cardinals just lost Buda Baker, so that's going to really, really hurt their defense. That's the best defensive player. They're not going to have a chance without him. All right, so you're telling me that Matt Stafford's going to turn back the clock and be good again? Oh, I'm going to tell you that Cooper Cup's going to have 100 rush, uh, rush, rushing. He might as well have 100 rushing in this game. He's going to have 100 receiving yards, but without oh, yeah, question. No one's, no one's going to be able to cover him. It's going to be hilarious. But but I wouldn't be shocked if you see like Tyler Higby you know, bounce back after a really bad game this past week. Yeah, I, I like Tyler Higby. I'd like to see him. I think everyone in America would be cheering for him. He's a likable guy, so yeah. I hope he gets it. Now we get into the... 
probably the second best game on paper. You you could really decide between the Seahawks Bucks game and then the Vikings Bills, obviously. Chargers at the Niners Sunday Night Football. I like this a lot. This is an interesting matchup. I mean, both teams have been you know kind of shaky this season. Chargers just got to win at Atlanta. Niners coming off their bye week, but their last game was a big time blowout win on the road against the Rams. What are you guys thoughts about this game? Uh, this is probably the, the second best game of the week. It could be probably it's either first or second best game best game of the week right yep. here. It's um, I say from an entertainment uh from entertainment value, you have two head coaches that have no idea what they're doing half the time. So this is going to be pretty fun to watch from that perspective. Uh, but you also have two stud running backs going against each other. Two uh. Listen, I know Justin Herbert's got a lot of flack this year. Still two good and solid quarterbacks. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. He leads his team to victory. His charisma wills the Niners to victories. Uh, but I think I think here, I, I'm going to take the Chargers. I, Chargers oh, okay. could charge here. I, I like, to me, there's no loser in this game. I, I, I would feel comfortable with either team winning this. This, to me, is a... I'm going to like the outcome of this game. No Chargers what. are a heavy underdog in this game, too. I'm going to take the yeah, Chargers. I'm taking the Niners. I'm going to take the Chargers. God damn it. See, I felt good about the Niners, but now I don't know. Not Grayson just said Niners. Here, here's what I'm going to say. If Debo... Is Allen isn't playing... Oh, well, Keenan Allen has not played all season, dude. Yeah, and I'm Hey, listen, Josh, Joshua Palmer had a really big breakout he game. He did. That could be... I think they need Keenan Allen in this game more than ever because you're facing a really good Niners defense. Um, the Niners definitely could use Debo Samuel in this game, but I think even if Debo was not to play, I still like the Niners to win just because if they don't have Keenan Allen, I'm not sure what much you can do against that t- you know that good of a defense in San Francisco. So especially a road game, it's it's that's a hostile environment in San Francisco. So I like I like the uh, Niners to get the win. All right. Okay. So, uh, kind of split decision on that as well. And the Monday night game, <laughs> going to the NFC East. Washington Commanders go into Philadelphia. I think this is an easy one. I think we'll pick the Eagles, right? Uh, no. Oh, interesting. No uh, shot. You're taking. There's no way. Oh, interesting. You know we drug tested this week. There's no way you're taking the I Commanders. Um, this is the Taylor Heineke game. What? It's happening. There's it's no. It's gonna happen. There's no way. It's going to happen. I feel it. Did you not watch the last time these two teams played? It's Taylor Heineke. I, I don't think trust ha- him. I don't, oh, man. Oh, he made my pick easier then. I'll take the Eagles and I'll take the... Uh, you see that plus... You see that uh, minus 11, Johnson? Oh, yeah, I see yeah, that. The Eagles 11. are going to win this game by either two touchdowns or three touchdowns. I don't okay. like Washington at all. So you're taking the alternative spread. You're you're seeing uh, I, Eagles, my Eagles minus 19. Now that I say that, the Eagles will probably win by like a touchdown. But the Eagles are not going to lose this game. Washington is not good. They're not. Yeah, good that, that's a team in absolute and chaos with their ownership, their stadium. Uh, Jeff Bezos soon, soon. Please don't but sell yeah. the te- don't sell the team, Dan Snyder. You're doing a great job. Uh, yes, please, Dan Snyder, never leave the NFL because <laughs> obviously it is an ownership mafia. Actually, I kind of as a Giants fan, I don't want him to leave. I want to see him get forced out because I want to see if actually all of this shit he's saying is true. I want to see. Oh, if- he would definitely do it. He would definitely. I know he would. I-, I know he would. And I kind of want chaos. I kinda, so I kind of want to see Snyder. what. I kind of want to see the dirt too. You know I want to see it too. You know what? Screw it. Sell it to you. I want to see the dirt. 
Because you know, by that point, by that logic, then the Mars are going to have to sell, and Jerry Jones, and the Mars, Jerry Bob, Jones, Kraft, Kraft, yeah, and you have like the old time owners, definitely. Nick Khan, uh, I'm sorry, Tony, it's, it's Nick Khan. No, it's right? Nick Khan. It is Nick Khan. Okay. Yeah, but who cares about the cons? I do, but that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. But I think that's going to do it for our NFL discussion here on the All Gas No Break show. I mean, another crazy week. I don't really like the NFL slate this upcoming weekend, but I'm sure there will be some kind of chaotic uh, situations going down. Once again, I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Pavona, joined alongside Andrew Johnson and Gracie Sheepy G. Marino with the All Gas No Break Sports Show.